Welcome to The Chant Plan. This is episode, The Braves Are World Series Champions. <laughs> we are going to talk about the 49ers, so I am Kyle Posey. I am joined by Akash. Akash, hello. Congrats, Kyle. I, I could tell. He he was so excited. We we ended up recording the pod after after the Braves World Series game. Kyle got to celebrate, probably got a few drinks in. He still got his Braves shirt on. I still, I had to ask him how he was a fan because... I know he grew up in like San Diego. He lives in Arizona now, but uh, yeah, congrats, man. Enjoy it. It's fun. Um, so how I became a fan, just like a lot of people during that time, I imagine the Braves were always on TBS, Turner Sports, didn't really have a team to root for. My parents were Padres fans, but I didn't want to root for the Padres. So, I mean, Fred McGriff, just a ton of guys. They had a really fun roster. And then my favorite player, all time andrew jones just because he was cocky nonchalant uh that was fun 25 they had great pitchers yeah yeah it was amazing man all right go braves let's talk about the 49ers so the 49ers made some roster changes kyle shanahan on monday during conference call said he'd be surprised if anything happened and sure there's always a chance but i would be surprised sure enough the four i wish there was so right there I just wish there was a way to place a bet on will the 49ers make a trade? Because as soon as he said that, of course they're going to make a trade. What do they do? Nothing that's really going to, you know, move the needle for most people. They moved. So they moved a 2023 six-round pick in exchange for Charles Minahue from Houston, Texas. He's a 24-year-old edge rusher, plays both inside and out. This is probably going to be a replacement for Javon Kinlaw and Maurice Hurst. So not exactly sure the timetable on Maurice Hurst, probably a couple weeks. Javon Kinlaw out for the season, as you know. But this Aminu guy can play. I spent some time watching him on Tuesday, and he was pretty impressive. I just I thought he is very good with his hands, and that is never the case with a young guy. Usually these young guys are super raw, but uh, he looks like he has good effort. Um, he tries. That is always not always the case with defensive linemen and again, just a polished pass rusher. And you don't really find those in young guys might be a gym. Uh, There was a lot of good from what I watched. I'm interested to see how quickly his role grows because I mean, we just mentioned the injuries. Kevin Givens played his first game since week one last week. So he's not, he's still going to be revving up and playing himself into shape. So I think, I mean, he's going to play quite a bit. Um, What was your initial reaction that a trade happened just in general? When you wake up in the morning and you get your like Twitter notification, I've always got them set to like Rap Sheet and uh, Adam Schefter, and you see the 49ers trade, and immediately you start thinking, oh man, they're swinging for the fences. It's some big name. And then it's some guy I hadn't even heard of. And a lot of the people, as you start to evaluate the trade and you list out his stats and stuff, a lot of the comments were like, I bet you didn't even hear uh, of this guy before today. And that's that's totally true. I had not. But when you go through... When you go through some of the numbers, you're like you're pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. So in 2020, he led the Texans in quarterback hits. Actually, a team that had JJ Watt. Um, his pressure rate this year, is, I think, around 14, percent which is pretty good. On um, par with Nick Bosa. On par with Nick Bosa. So there you have it. They just traded for another Nick Bosa. <laughs> you heard it here first from Kyle Posey. Why you listen? <laughs> um and from you know a, a 49ers cap perspective he's only going to make around 500,000 this year prorated 
Um, still on his rookie deal. I think he, he's making about a million dollars next season. And then after that, he becomes a free agent. So he's going to be on the team. And the 49ers made a similar move last year, right at the trade deadline, right? They flipped the future, you know, third uh, day three pick for Jordan Willis, who ended up actually being a pretty good, you know, impact player late in the season. Uh, unfortunately, got suspended for the PEDs. But I think the 49ers are kind of hoping for a similar result. They're betting on a younger guy with a little bit more upside, trying to poach him off of a bad team, put him in a better situation and try to plug him. And a lot of fans thought they would try to trade for a cornerback. And I think, you know, this the franchise is just wired to add defensive linemen and edge rushers um, over defensive backs. And that's kind of how they prioritize it. Um, but you, you made the point, you know, with Kinlaw being out, with Hurst kind of, you don't know when he's coming back. Arden Key really hasn't been particularly great. They just haven't had much, uh, you know, uh, success off the edge. I think they're 26th in adjusted sack rate. And only Nick Bosa really flashes off the screen. Obviously, D Ford missed this last week with a concussion. So getting any, you know, uh, help is good. And I think that's where um, this guy's going to come and fill in. Um, shameless plug, go check out Kyle Posey's YouTube channel. I think you put up a, a video, right, of uh, your breakdown. So go check that out. Thank you. Love a good shameless plug. Um, okay. So you talk about where the money is and how heavily they have invested in their defensive line. And Jimmy Ward. Grade one quad strain. He's going to be out for one to two weeks. Chuck Kwaski Tart, he is on the injured reserve. That means we will see a lot of Talanoa Hufanga. That probably also means we will see another safety who probably should not be on the field. Tavon Wilson was good in the preseason, but they have played Hufanga over him. Wilson just doesn't see the field. He saw the field at the end of the game in Detroit, and you saw how that turned out. Um, the other options are Tony Jefferson. Uh, you pointed out that Will Parks tweeted something along the lines that he will be maybe either working out, maybe with a practice squad. Who knows if he will be the next guy up on the um, – sorry, I said the Broncos, the 49ers. He used to play for the Broncos. Right, that's why. I'm In my head, yeah. I'm seeing number 34 on the Broncos. Yeah. Do you have any stats or background on Will Parks? Will Parks just, uh, I think he played a handful of years uh, for the Denver Broncos and he bounced around uh, this past, the last year with Philly. Um, I think he he actually played uh, like 16 games um, his first four or five years. So been healthy, yeah. which is good. I think he's got four total interceptions, um, uh, 13, you know, uh, PBUs. But you figure this late in the season, a safety that's available on the free agent market, how effective is he going to be? Um, the other thing is Jimmy Ward. I think his quad strains only, you know, a one to two week injury, according to Kyle Shanahan, um, who hopefully isn't, you know, underselling his injury. But um, if you think Jimmy Ward's going to come back, then you'd assume Parks, probably just a filler on the practice squad, probably just a depth piece. But there is some serious concern there at the safety spot because you and I love uh, Tartan Ward and both those guys are, in, are out there. And Hufanga, Hufanga played well, but he's a rookie. And as they start to play better quarterbacks here uh, in the in the later part of the season, you'd like to have a more experienced safety back there. And and Tart's on IR, so he's out for at least three games. So there's some concern there in the defensive backfield. And there's just the defense as a whole, I think, uh, with injuries. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at. I don't think that, you know, it has to be either or when you're investing in your defensive line and your secondary. And I guess just your team in general. They The 49ers chose to go kind of all in on their defensive line, paid Samson Ebicom. You know, that four or I think it's three million this year, but his right. contract probably could have gone to a cornerback. And now he does have to play because of injury. But uh, I would much wouldn't you, I guess you would imagine you would rather 
spend that money on a cornerback, especially knowing, hey, I have veterans who I don't know if they're going to be able to hold up, and that's Jason Brett. And we have Emmanuel Mosey, who has shown he's unproven. He, I don't think he played well against the Bears. He played very well, I thought, against the Colts, but that's that yeah. roller coaster you're going to get from a guy who really just hasn't been out there that much. Um, right. I don't know. So we will see how it all turns out. Uh, we, As you mentioned, better quarterbacks are on deck. Not sure if we see Kyler Murray, so that might True. bell the 49ers out in that sense. So, all right, other injuries. George Kittle should play. Kyle Shanahan said, or I guess he's expe- he's optimistic that he will practice on Wednesday and play Sunday. He didn't want to guarantee, but th- it sounded like there was a good chance. Same with Robbie Gold, and the 49ers cut their kicker, uh, Joey Sly, on Tuesday. The, his During warm-ups, his very first kick as they're warming up, goes doink right off off the uprights. And that was the only kick that they had. Sure enough, he misses the extra point. That could have really came back to bite them. Like against a better team, I wonder how much of a, you know, how much bigger of a deal that would have been. But no longer are going to we're going to worry about Sly. Probably goal is probably going to be the kicker. Kyle Shannon also said he expects D Ford and Aziz Alshire to come back from concussions. Let's actually go right there. And let's start with the defense. They were disappointing, I would say. I thought that the 49ers would have a lot of success against Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, and their tackling was not good. Um, They missed a lot of tackles. It seemed like there were a handful of plays where multiple defenders missed tackles. It's tough to get too mad at that because look who was on the field. Like There were guys that you wouldn't normally expect. The 49ers would not count on them. Demetrius Flanagan-Foles, third string. Marcel Harris, Third string. Those are some guys that missed tackles just going off the top of my head. And then that fourth down run, which, wow. Insane. Um, Absolutely yeah. insane. Fields made Eric Armstead miss. He cut back, made a couple other guys miss, hit a spin move, made another guy miss. And Kyle Shannon was even impressed was after the game. He talked about that. That was, I mean, you were lying to yourself if you were not impressed by that. Just in general, I saw I saw someone uh, tweeted out, but basically they weeded out the garbage time and they put up Justin Fields' stats among all quarterbacks this week. He was first in EPA per play. He was first in uh, EPA and CPOE composite. He was second in success rate and he was fourth in completion percentage over expected among all quarterbacks that played uh, this weekend uh, when you weed out like some of the garbage time stats and probably had his best game as a professional against his 49ers defense. Um, and I think the biggest question that a lot of people had, um, during the game was, is that, you know, a problem with the 49ers defense, right? Health wise, cause they're missing some bodies, right? Al Shair, Dre Greenlaw, D Ford, et cetera, Javon Kinlaw, or is it just cause the bears were missing Matt Nagy, you know? Um, and so they had a different sort of offensive game plan installed. What did you think contributed more to why Justin Fields had some success on Sunday? I mean, the missed tackling did not help. Uh, he's very mobile, and he was able to get outside of Bosa a couple times. Like, Bosa lost contain it. That has been probably his Achilles heel. Probably the one thing that you can't harp on Bosa about is just get, letting guys get outside of him. Um, they didn't make plays, I think is the best way to put it. So, their receivers were – first of all, Ken Kyle Shannon did acknowledge this as well. They were playing very soft on the outside. They seemed to be terrified and almost – I'm too aware of that this is so good. Yeah. Interference. So yep. 
they didn't get any defensive pass interferences. Because they just played off. (laughs) Yeah, it was way too easy. And there were a few drives in the first half where, I mean, that was another thing. They were giving up some third and longs, and that can happen. So those are some of the things that I thought, you know, contributed. But, again, you have to give them credit, the Bears credit as well. Like, Justin Fields made some really good plays. He made some really tough throws. Uh, The one on Josh Norman – was a very well-placed ball. So give them credit, but at the same time, penalties, missed tackling. To me, the 49ers are a team that flips the switch, and you can't do that. You can't decide when you want to be good. And that can kind of segue us into the offense right now because do you think Jimmy will be able to keep up what he did? It's so hard to answer that. And I feel like a lot of people have been kind of debating this. Like, ah, if you just get this version of Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the season, the 49ers be good. And that's kind of been the problem, right? You just don't know what version of Garoppolo you're getting week in and week out. And honestly, it's not even week in and week out. It'll be just drive to drive. Because certain drives, he'll look good. Certain drives, he'll look chittery. And that inconsistency has really um, just been the biggest problem this season. And I thought Sunday probably was his best game in a while. I can't remember when he played that well. I mean, the deep bomb that he hit to Debo Samuel um, and just they they seem to be actively trying to push the ball down the field. They hit they tried to hit Ayuk on like the second play, right, um, uh, where the Bears safety got hurt. So it seemed like they were taking more shots down the field. Garoppolo just seemed more comfortable. I think you noted during the game that Kyle Shanahan basically just kept running the same play over and over again in the second half. They just like flipped the play side and the Bears just couldn't stop it. Um, if you looked at like the passing chart, like after the game, it was all like in the middle of the field, which is where Jimmy Garoppolo does a lot of his damage. So, um, comfortable game plan. And he just seemed to be more effective in operating it. Um, but just from like a, um, like an attitude standpoint, it just seemed like Garoppolo just seemed a little bit more engaged. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but at least on the TV broadcast, they made uh, a point, um, of how Garoppolo was trying to like rally the troops in yeah. the second quarter and how he was just more, um, you know, audible uh, just during the game on the field, et cetera. So there was, there was clearly something that was different there just among his attitude. Um, but I, I, it's hard to answer. Does it continue? Like, can he just continue to stack these type of performances? And that's what Kyle Shanahan and this 49ers team will need because their defense right now, I think they're 17th in DVOA. They're just, they're just going to be not as good as years past. Um, and so this offense in theory coming into the season, we thought was going to be much better, was going to be the better unit. And they're going to have to be that, uh, if this 49ers team is going to do anything It starts with number 10. And so it's, we'll see, we'll see, but we haven't seen him put consistent games together this season. So if he does it against Arizona this Sunday, it'll be the first time. Yeah. So the question is, can he keep it up? And I thought that he played his best game since Seattle of 19 that's good when they won the nfc west i thought he was in control i actually thought he took control i remember there was a play where incomplete pass or no it was a pass where i I believe it got batted yep and And he yelled at juan jennings i think right walked up yep he walked up to him yelled at him that was the type of leadership that you want to see you want to see him hold people accountable for their mistakes and i think that rubs off on everybody and that makes people you know play better it Tom Brady does that all the time. And it just, you you don't want to let the person down when they play like that. So I thought that was very good. And I don't know that uh, Jennings saw the field after that. I know he only played seven snaps. I don't, but again, I don't think he did. That's the quarterback. You act like a leader. What I thought was different is, you know, he, he attempted more passes over 15 yards. 
And I thought they did a good job of using the entire field, like the post route, of course. I don't know how sustainable that is, but the illusion of using the entire field opens up everything for your offense. We saw Justin Fields use the entire field, and that creates a lot of space. So uh, I think this is what the 49ers offense can be when Jimmy does use the entire field. Again, just it, he doesn't have to complete every pass he throws over 15 yards. Just use the field, creates running lanes for Elijah Mitchell, obviously. And then I thought what was different in this game is they were using the running backs out of the backfield and throwing to him. There was a lot of quick plays, like now slants, and that really wasn't a thing. So maybe Kyle Shannon made it a point to get the ball out of his hands quickly, and then they're going to take some shots. If that's going to be the game plan moving forward, and you're going to use you know Elijah Mitchell as, as often as they did, which is pretty crazy, um, just to see his usage compared to how Kyle Shannon just uses running backs in general. But um, this offense can really click on all cylinders if – they perform or if they run the same type of offense they did against the bears. I think that is the key. I was going to say, so the, I think now they're fourth in uh pass blocking efficiency, uh, the 49ers offensive line. They didn't allow a single like quarterback hit, hurry pressure, whatever you want to call it uh, against Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday. And that was huge. So is that something that's sustainable? And finally, now they've had a couple games of continuity, right? Uh, Trent Williams is back. So, uh, or he's back this game. And so now can they just continue to build off of that performance um, and just and play as a solid unit? Hopefully when you get George Kittle back, um, Brandon Ayuk seems to have finally taken a, a step forward for whatever, you know, with whatever's been going on this season. So he finally looked a little bit like his 2020 self on Sunday. Debo, absolute baller. And so now you start to get the playmakers healthy. You have an offensive line that's clicking on all cylinders. Elijah Mitchell's, you know, fantastic and hopefully get Jeff Wilson back in a few weeks and so the offense got all the pieces in place and it's going to be up to 10 and Kyle Shanahan to figure this thing out Um, and it's ultimately going to come down to them their execution and I think ultimately how well they play is how far this team's going to go this isn't going to be a defensive-led team that can just play complimentary offense the rest of the way if if, if they're going to make a playoff run it's going to be it's going to be up to those guys on uh, this side of the ball I think I think Elijah Mitchell, the most impressive thing about him is that he's just getting better as a player. So there are some concerns about his vision, and those are starting to go away. You can tell that the coaches are making it a point to tell him to stop bouncing it, go up the middle, or go, you know, keep it tight, I guess is a better way to put it. And he's doing that. He's not he's not cutting against the grain when he doesn't have to. Um, he's following his blockers, and he's really making the most out of you know, the yards that they're allowing. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line because we spend a lot of time, and I'm using we loosely, people hate Mike McGlinchey is what I think, you know, it seems like. And he has been, like, we haven't said his name. He's been for, the lights out. Yeah, for, I don't know what, three, four, yeah, however many games it's been, but we haven't said a peep about Mike McGlinchey. So um, we have to acknowledge that he is playing at a high level. But – this last game, and yes, the Bears are missing Khalil Mack. Um, their game plan was really good. They just chipped Robert Quinn, and that allowed whoever the tackle was to have help, and they just said, we're going to make anybody else beat us, and that did not happen. Jimmy had probably a few throws where he had like five or more seconds to to make a throw down the field, and that's how those explosive plays happened. So I thought it was a really good game plan. Again, um, I want to talk about the wide receivers, though, because, yeah, this combo is deadly. And when you make plays, nobody cares about how many times you drop the ball. And we need to start remembering that. I think drops are so overrated. 
Debo had two drops on the first two uh, couple series. His first two targets, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and they were – so I don't think that was – yes, the pass could have been more accurate, but he has to catch that ball, and he should catch that pass. The, the first one, right off his chest. Um, definitely have to catch that one. But, again, when you're a playmaker, who cares? You got, you're going to keep going to him anyway. If the trade-off is a high drop percentage for, I don't know, 80-yard plays, yes, I will take that. He is – he's taking his game to another level. Debo's been really impressive. I don't know what shifted. There's probably always going to be that catching issue, but if he just continues to grow as a route runner and makes plays down the field as he's doing consistently, that will – like it'll be tough to go away from him. That's that's the biggest thing. Like last season, the biggest criticism we had with Debo Samuel, and I guess it was an extension of his offense, was his like average depth of target. Right, he had so many catches in you know uh, behind the line of scrimmage that his A dot was so low. I, I want to say it was around two. And this year, they're pushing the ball consistently down the field to him. I think he has twelve plays of, of over twenty yards. Um, he's just been an explosive player, absolute treat to watch. Um, and it's, I, th- I think it's really fun when you see a young player like Debo Samuel, who had a good year in 2019 and then kind of regressed, injuries, whatever, and then be able to take that step up again in 2021 as a result of work in the offseason, whatever. Um, it's just cool to see uh, these young guys thrive. And you're hoping for the same thing out of Brandon Ayuk, right? Good rookie year, kind of takes a step back, and hopefully he can kind of emerge in the same way. And you can get both of these guys, Samuel and Ayuk, uh, kind of clicking at the same time along with George Kittle. Because really in 2020, they didn't have that. I remember we'd always go back with how often did Mostert, Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel uh, you know, play on the field. And it wasn't very often. And obviously Mostert's been out for the majority of the year this year. But if you can get just those three guys on the field clicking together, it's just going to cause a ton of problems for defenses. And um, uh, I think that's kind of the offense that Kyle Shanahan envisioned hopefully can kind of come into place uh, the latter half of the season. So on Monday, Kyle Shanahan said about Ayuk, I thought he had his best game as a blocker, as a runner, as a punt returner, and as a receiver. And earlier in that quote, and he he mentioned the plays that he made, so I thought Ayuk did a really good job on a scramble drill, and he cut across the formation. Jimmy found him, turned it upfield, and that was the second 11. And the punt return was great. I thought the punt return, we're not talking about that enough because they got the ball on the 50-yard line. That never happens. They It seems like the 49ers are generally near the bottom in average starting field position. So if he can, you know, continue to have at least you know, one every other game, that would be great for this team. But Shannon mentioned some of the things that Brandon Ayuk could improve upon. And one of the things that he said was we have a GPS on all of these guys and track how hard they run each play. Things like that, just being consistent with it. Essentially, he's loafing on running plays is what it sounds like. And that's probably why, you know, he wasn't getting – the type of volume, the type of targets that we want him to get. I watched him. Fantastic as a blocker on Sunday, though. Say it again? Uh, I was going to say, I I thought he was fantastic as a blocker on Sunday. Um, There was one play where I think he, like, he's on the right side of the formation. He comes across, and he's blocking somebody on, like, the left side of the field. Um, And it was like a giant Elijah Mitchell run. And then he's celebrating after the block. So, Clearly, it looked like something clicked for Ayuk on uh, on Sunday. And I'm sure a combination of that is, hey, you start to throw me the ball, then you start to get involved in the blocking game, and it kind of goes hand in hand. And um, I don't know if you saw like the locker room video that the Niners team account tweeted. Kyle Shanahan, I think he mentioned Brandon Ayuk first. Uh, when he opened that speech, he said Ayuk had a great game or whatever, right? He, he starts off with Ayuk. So clearly, 
It wasn't just to, yeah, it it wasn't just something to tell, you know, the media clearly in the locker room, he's saying the same thing. And hopefully it's just a game that you can start to stack these games consistently and we can see him emerge as, um, you know, uh, we hoped he would be coming into the season. So in that speech, you can kind of tell that Kyle was relieved. Um, all of the players were that they knew that they just needed to get one. But as far as Shanahan goes in that speech, you can tell he was just happy that his coaching style worked on Brandon Ayuk. I thought I thought it was fair to hold him accountable as a blocker because there are plenty of plays throughout training camp, throughout the first, I mean, so just before you even get to the regular season where he's not going as hard as he should. And in a Shanahan McVay offense, if your wide receivers don't block, your running game does not work. So you have to have that train of thought as a wide receiver. And the way that they use their wide receivers, you know, they're bringing them in motion. They have, they're in condensed splits. So they have to go block linebackers. They have to go block the safeties. You have to be physical and have that type of mindset. So that's probably why he leans on Sanu a lot, just because his body is frame and he's a strong dude. Uh, put that same type of pressure on Ayuk, and it worked because you mentioned that play. And he had a couple plays where uh, Debo had a quick screen, and Ayuk is blocking his guy 15, 20 yards down the field and, like, driving him. So he's taking – you know, he's, he's acting as if every play is his last, so to say, and he, it's really paying off. And it, it is fun to see him um, just kind of take accountability. He actually said, this was the most fun I've had in a while after the game. So it worked out for everybody. Kyle Shanahan, uh, in, on that two-point conversion play, I think they're up five, right? 21-16. They need the two-point conversion to make it a seven-point game, I believe. And they call Brandon Ayuk's number, right? And Ayuk runs a fantastic route gets open immediately, leaves the defender like, uh, you know, uh, in Indiana, I said, <laughs> and, he, and he catches the ball and he like celebrated after. You could tell that visibly he was having the most fun he had. Yep, there you go. Uh, you can't see the video, but uh, KP's breaking the same move. I think I uked it a little better, but uh, <laughs> but you could tell he he was clearly having a ton of fun on the field and, and ultimately that's what you want to see out of these guys, so. Hopefully they can just keep it going and Ayuk just continues to stack it. Just back to Debo Samuel, I had one question. Do you think that 83-yard play saved the 49ers season? I know Jordan Elliott wrote about it for Niners Nation, um, but that, that it was like a third and 20 play. They're down seven, mid-third quarter. Ayuk rips off, or Debo rips off 83 yards on a screen play. That saved their season? So before that, things were going terribly wrong for the offense. They were moving the ball. But you can't settle for field goals against the Chicago Bears. The Bears are not a good football team. I know they have good numbers on defense, but Tampa Bay dropped 35 on them in the first quarter or in the first half last week. You should be able to score on the Bears. As we saw, the 49ers had no problem moving it, but they settled for field goals. The penalties were hurting. We mentioned the drops. They were just going through like lulls. And it wasn't as if, again, they were the ones getting stopped. They were stopping themselves. Once they got to the third quarter on that drive, it was third and 20. They were about to give the ball back to the Bears. And newsflash, they hadn't stopped the Bears yet either. So, yeah, 100% it saved their season. I I think that play got them locked in. And the mindset changed and everything. Like the ball got rolling. Defense started forcing punts. Guys started making plays. The domino effect. Um, When people talk about momentum, if you don't – right there that yeah like that's what happens when you seize the momentum like you have to take advantage of it obviously and they did so 100 percent, i did think that he i talked about just going back to him and Ayuk. he mentioned how the wide receiver room is very close 
And he seemed more excited when he was able to, when Debo was able to talk about Ayuk and Ayuk making plays and just how it meant to the wide receiver room than he was to talk about himself. And I think that does mean a lot and that does matter, especially in today's NFL where um, look at OBJ right now. His dad is doing everything he can to get him out of town. Did not work. So um, just having your teammates back, that was really cool to see. And it does have to keep going though, because, you know, who knows what percent George Kittle will be at. So we know he's going to come back, but either way, you're going to have to score points against the Rams. You're going to have to score points against the Cardinals. If the defense does continue to play like they are, you're going to have to score points against everybody. So they're going to need Debo. They're going to need IU. They're going to need Elijah Mitchell. And they're going to need Jimmy to just be that aggressive leader. And I think if they do that, good things will happen. Let's talk about the Cardinals. We mentioned that Kyler Murray might not play. Jake Glazer said on Sunday that he suffered a you know pretty severe ankle injury that could keep him out a couple of weeks. The line was minus three on Sunday night. Then it went to minus two and a half. And that means that the Cardinals were favored by three points and then two and a half points on Tuesday, about mid morning, mid afternoon or so. Yeah, sorry. Mid afternoon. That line went to a pick em. Glazer said he also said on Sunday that Murray's going to go to the Cardinals facility and they're going to see if the swelling went down. And that would determine if you would practice and if you would play. Vegas tends to know these things. That line does not move if Kyler Murray is still playing. So it's at a pick right now, which means, hello, 49ers legend, Colt McCoy. Um, you can't lose to Colt McCoy. Like, if we're just going to assume that Colt McCoy plays, you can't lose to him. Also, last week, last Thursday, when the Packers played the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, dealing with a hamstring injury, he only played 15 snaps. So if they're down him, if they're down Kyler, Come on, man. Like <laughs> You have to be locked in. Continue rolling as you were last week. But uh, do you think we see Kyler? And what do you expect to see from the 49ers against Cardinals? I don't think we see Kyler Murray because you and I, I feel like we're big betting, line, betting lines guys in general. And the line doesn't move three points. I actually heard that the Niners might have been favored by a half point in some books. So it doesn't shift that quickly. Uh, like on a Monday, Tuesday, because Tuesdays are typically off days for teams. So they're not even practicing, right? The practice reports don't come out till Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday is when the official like game status report comes out. So for for the line to shift on like a Monday, Tuesday, when the Cardinals played on a Thursday, nothing, nothing new has come out since what Jay Glazer said on Sunday morning. Seemed a little fishy. You pointed it out um, earlier today. And so it has me thinking that Kyler Murray isn't playing. Um, and if you're the Cardinals, right, you probably look at it like you're what seven and one. You're trying to play the long game this season. I can't imagine you risking Kyler Murray's uh, health uh, this week uh, just for the rest of the season. You're thinking like you know 17, 18, 19 game season, yeah, and just eight games in the season. I doubt you risk his health um, on an ankle, especially for a guy. I think he's got other injuries too. So I would lean that he doesn't play, but we'll we'll definitely know more. Uh, Wednesday, maybe by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, we have more idea of uh, Kyler Murray's practice status, and um, we'll, we'll get an idea there. That being said, Colt McCoy makes the start, 35-year-old Colt McCoy. Uh, there's zero chance that Kyle Shanahan can, can lose, or zero. He just can't lose this game. Kyle Shanahan cannot. You're at home. Uh, you've got the better quarterback in the game. You just You just can't lose the game, and 
I think I said this yesterday, but it feels like the entry gods owe the 49 or something, given uh, everything that happened last season, even early this season. So um, if Colt McCoy were to play, you just, you just can't cannot lose. And the Cardinals are a talented team. I think they're top, what, three in defensive DVOA. Uh, they're flying around on that side of the ball, even though J.J. Watt's out this year. Still got Chandler Jones. Still got Buda Baker. Still got Isaiah Simmons, who looks better this season. Um, and offensively, they've still got a bunch of playmakers, but you, you can't lose to Colt McCoy at home. I, I don't care how it looks, what the score is. You, you just got to come out of that game with a win. Um, that That's pretty much it. Another sign that it could be Colt McCoy is that total has gone from 47 and a half, and now it's at 45. So it's dropping rapidly. That would insinuate a backup quarterback is coming. Yeah, as you mentioned, they just have to take advantage of the Cardinals. We will see, though. Again, it's not set in stone that Kyler Murray will not play. Uh, The Cardinals, the GM was actually talking about a little bit that they have three more games to get to the bye. So that could also play a part. But they also have, you know, the 49ers now, the Panthers, the Seahawks. Are they going to try to rest him and get through the bye? Who knows? The same could be the case for DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals are pretty banged up. And now is usually around the time where that free-for-all that they have every season starts to happen. We will see. All right. Um, Speaking of potential playoff teams, the 49ers. And we are going to talk about that after we take a quick break. All right. Before we get out of here, let's talk about the 49ers playoff chances. So every game those playoff odds are going to fluctuate. It's been very low. It's been at an all-time low. Um, It was at around 28% before the Bears game. Now, according to Football Outsiders, it's up to 41%. That jumped quite a bit after the Vikings lost to Cooper Rush. Uh, Go, Kirk. Um, I don't know, man. I, I want to believe. And... I mean, just based on the way the regu- the rest of the NFC is, I don't think there are very many good teams in the NFC. So we saw what the 49ers are capable of. We have seen what they are capable of all season. If you watch the first half of the Lions game on offense, if you watch the second half of both the Packers and the Bears games, you would think the 49ers offense, like it's just a juggernaut and they're able to score on anybody. Like, like I mentioned, they kind of pick and choose when they execute, and that is not the sign of a playoff team. Do you think that they will make the playoffs? That's such a tough question to answer because what what team am I getting for the rest of the season? They've been so inconsistent, just like you mentioned. They've executed for stretches. They haven't showed up for stretches. They've had big games at home, Sunday night football, 94 red throwbacks, all that stuff, and they come out flat right against both the Colts and um, the Packers. So what team am I getting the rest of the season? In On paper, you know, compared against the other teams that are kind of in the mix, Carolina, Minnesota, um, who else, Chicago, I, I, they're better than those teams on paper. So I think they should make the playoffs. I think they've got a better coach, um, quarterback you can debate, but I, I just think they've got a better team than those those fringe uh, playoff uh, contenders. So on paper, they should make it. It's just can they execute the rest of the way? Um, they've already given away a few games early on in the season, so their margin for error as the season moves on gets um, you know lower. So that that would be the biggest question. I would lean yes. Um, like we said, I think they're at forty one percent 
chance, according to Football Outsiders, for making the playoffs. That went up like 15 percentage points. They're a half game out of the playoffs right now, chasing the Carolina Panthers. Panthers have a tough schedule still left. I think they play the Bucks twice still. Um, they still got the Saints on deck. So they've, they've got some tough games down uh, down the road. Sam Darnold hasn't been playing well. They've been kind of up and down. The Saints are 5-2. and two. I don't know how they're 5-2. and two. They find different ways to win each game. Jameis Winston's out for the year. Is it going to be Taysom Hill or um, uh, Trevor Simeon the rest of the way? Like, Are they going to keep that up? I'm not sure. They've got a tough schedule as well. And then the 49ers play the Minnesota Vikings here uh, in about a month. So they've got a head-to-head matchup there. They've already beaten the Bears head-to-head, so you've got the tiebreaker there. And so just looking around, it feels like the 49ers should get in for one of those last two wildcard spots. Um, it's just a matter of can this team buckle down, play like they did in that second half against Chicago the rest of the way out, get healthier as the season goes on, and find a way to get in. Because I think you can justify the season – if you play Jimmy Garoppolo the rest of the way and at least you make the playoffs, you're a six, seven seed and you, you know, you make something happen in the playoffs, at least Kyle Shanahan, I think he can justify the season. Cause yeah, he's only made the playoffs once in four years, having a winning record, making the playoffs. Like you can call that a successful season and then worry about the trade land stuff in the off season. Um, but they're clearly not on the level of the, the other like four or five teams, right? It, there's like a clear like tiering in Drop the off. NFC. Um, and the um, Niners aren't on the level, but I think they should be in the playoffs. Yeah, and they could play their way into that level, but we'd be lying to you and we'd be lying to ourselves if we were to sit here and tell you that the 49ers are on the same level as the Rams or the Bucks, even though they lost to a divisional opponent without plenty of starters. So let's talk about the 49ers schedule. Um, Cole McCoy coming up. We're going to just count that as a win if it is Colt McCoy. I don't think that they're going to beat the Rams, even though it is at home. I think they get throttled in that game. Better matchup, but not until the last game of the season. I think they'll they'll be fine against the Rams, but not yet. Not when Von Miller is coming to town and he's going to be just. uh, That's not is that is that his first game at Levi's since the Super Bowl? Ooh, yeah, probably. I don't. I, I can't remember if the Broncos have played a regular season game here. I don't believe so. Okay, yeah. so Rams, and then they have the Jaguars, Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals. Just win three out of those four, right? And then your final four games, Falcons, got to win that game. It's at home. You're on the road to a Derrick Henry-list Titans, which is huge, and we don't know what Titans are going to be You know, come Christmas. That's a short week cross country, though. Right. And that is going to be a big deal. That is a great point. Uh, Texans, and then you finish the season with the Rams. There's, there are plenty of opportunities in there for right. them to get, you know, not just to 500, but to finish above 500 for this season. I do think that they will make it just based on their last place schedule, which will come in handy. And it seems like they are having, you know, a few breaks go their way, which every team gets. And that's, what, that's how teams get on a roll. Uh, they do have to stay healthy, and they have to continue to, again, just be consistent. They have to start to be, to become consistent. But yeah, I, I think that they, I think that they will get in there. Um, I, I agree. It probably, I was gonna say, it probably helped that Russell Wilson's missed the last few games. The Seahawks are now, you know, a couple games behind the eight ball. And the first game that Russell Wilson comes back, I think they're at Green Bay, right? Not this week; they're on bye, but next week. So they've got a tough schedule too. So. 
definitely they they play a lot of the teams that they're kind of in the mix, the wild card mix with, which is good because you can have the head to head tiebreaker, and then they've got you know the head up already on Seattle um, in term in the standings, and then they play them again later in the season. So I do think they get in, but it's just hard to predict right now because we haven't seen them put like multiple good games together. And if we see right. that over the next few weeks, then I think the confidence will start to build. And we can come here on this podcast and just be honest and say, okay, I think I think they can get there. But we've just yet to see that. Yeah, it takes time. And, again, make plays. The defense has to play better than they played against the Bears. But we've seen the defense play at a very high level consistently. So I'm not too worried about them, knowing that, you know, they are going to get some guys back in forward. And Aziz Alshire, who has played very well. And speaking of that, we did not talk about him. I thought Charlie Warner has played a fantastic couple of games at tight end. It's really fun to see him kind of grow and just get more used to the game of the NFL, the NFL speed and what he can and can't do. But all right, that will do it for us. The next time you hear us, hopefully we're talking about a win over, whether it's Colt McCoy, whether it's Kyler Murray, 49ers, if they get back to 500, it will build some confidence no matter what happens against the Rams. I, I don't think that's going to be a measuring stick. I think a better way to tell you if a team is good or not is how they do against a mediocre opponent. It took a while against the Bears, but we kind of saw what who the 49ers can become in that second half. Let's see if they can keep it up. Please follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. Check out the YouTube page, Kyle Posey. Akash, where are you at? On Twitter, you follow me at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. Uh, we appreciate everyone that is listening to the show, listening to all the shows on the Niner Nation Podcast Network. Please do subscribe to wherever you listen to our podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Do subscribe. Do go ahead and rate us five stars. Go ahead and drop a review, questions, comments, whatever. We really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully the next time you listen to us, we are talking about a 49ers win. And with that, go Niners.